Send your fire. Send your fire, O oh God. I want to be changed by your fire. Lord, let it burn down deep in our souls. Send your fire. Send your fire. Hallelujah. Send your fire. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Bless you, Lord. We want to be changed by your fire. My God. Hmm. Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> My. Just be singing that all week. I want to be changed by your fire. Glory to God. Pentecost Sunday. It means two things. Harvest and revelation. Mm. He's, it means it's a set season. Today is a set time, the beginning of a, a set season in your life for harvest and revelation. Oh, Lord. Hallelujah. It's harvest time. Glory to God. That's what it means. It's harvest time. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That's why uh, you need to be excited about today. It means uh, it's a set season that God has appointed and set aside for you to receive harvest and revelation. Glory to God. He'll reveal some things to you that you've not yet seen. Hallelujah. Show you things. Help you understand things you previously did not. And, and it's a time to receive glory to God. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Wet wood still burns. Oh, God. That's what I'm going to preach today. Mm -hmm. You see, I, I, I was, I, I, I preached Pentecost Sunday so many years, and sometimes you feel like, oh, I don't want to do that again and again and again. And I started being, uh, the Lord started directing me back to First Kings, and I, I said, God, what are you doing? And then I connected First uh, Kings with Acts 2, Pentecost, and uh, said, well, bless God, this is what we're going to preach. Wet wood still burns. Hallelujah. How many have ever uh, tried to start a campfire with wet wood? Some of y'all say, I don't camp. Right. 
bonfire of whatever. Hallelujah. And it's wet. It's, it's hard to burn. Yes, but I'm telling you, the word of God declares that wet wood still burns. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. So if you have your Bibles, you could turn to 1 Kings. We'll get to Acts 2, but I want to start in 1 Kings, the 18th chapter. I'm going to read just a couple of verses. It's a familiar passage to most of you. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time reading the fullness of the text. Hallelujah. As you're turning, I've got to remind you of a couple of things because we don't get to do it very often. We get so caught up in the move of the Holy Ghost. I forget to make important announcements, so just stay with me. But um, this week, uh, food distribution on Thursday. Um, and, of course, there's still lots we're working at between the other properties and here to get finished. And if you have free time and you can give any, and it doesn't have to be on a scheduled work day, we're happy to take it and uh, put you to work. Also, uh, for those of you that had not heard, my mom's uh, brother passed away. And um, so she is not here today. And. Uh, we'll be heading towards Baltimore, Frederick to place, uh, Frederick area this week. I still don't know what I'm able to accomplish and, and do, but so I may be there. I may be here. We're not sure yet, but uh, regardless, would you just keep her in prayer and the family as uh, they grieve and uh, kind of happen quickly and uh, also still praying for Cynthia and her family and her father that's not been well. That's where they are today. And there are many others that need our prayers as well. And so would you just cover those a uh, few in prayer and uh, we could go on and on, but uh, they definitely need our prayers today um, and all the things that are happening and going on. And today, if you want a T-shirt, don't forget today's the last day. They're putting the order in tomorrow. So that's over there on your way out today. Hallelujah. Now, can we stick to the re oh, next week's uh, fellowship meal too after church? So food, glory. Thank you, Jesus. So uh, don't forget, bring something with you. We'll have a blessed time and uh, enjoy uh, fellowshipping with one another as well. Next Sunday. Somebody say next Sunday. Uh-huh. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody said, I didn't know. I said, well, then you don't read your bulletin. Hallelujah. The booklet of announcements. Hallelujah. I won't mention any names, Cindy, but uh, glory. Praise God. Wet wood still burns. Thank you, Lois. She was paying attention today. Wet wood still burns. Father, help us today. Can we just pray right now? Father God, come and help us. Release your spirit presence into this place. Minister and help us today, God. Bring strength to allow this word to come through effective. And to do what it is sent to accomplish today. To encourage the saints to stir up a hunger and a desire i thank you father that even now as we bring your word no weapon formed against us would prosper 
God, and every tongue that rises against us, we thank you, Lord, is condemned. I thank you that, Lord, your word will go forth sharper than any two-edged sword, cutting and dividing and doing and accomplishing, God, what you desire it to do. Come into this place, Holy Spirit. Set a fire down in our soul that can't be contained or controlled. That, Lord, we would be changed by your fire. So we thank you today, God, on this Pentecost Sunday that God would not be just another Sunday. God, do something extraordinary. Bring dead things to life. Bring dead churches to life. God, even dead people spiritually to life. In this place, God, cause us who believe that we're on fire, cause us to be more desperate for even more, for a fresh fire that God would come from heaven. And God, for those of us that might be wet wood, help us to burn. Oh, hallelujah. For every person that God, that religion and church has been a wet blanket to, let them burn again. Oh, God, to every Methodist and Baptist and Presbyterian church, to every full gospel, Pentecostal, Catholic, Seventh-day Adventist, God, whatever denomination they are assembled in our city today, Lord, send your fire today. Fire in the pulpit. Fire in the pews, God. Let them burn, God, for you again. Jesus, help us. Help us, oh, God. Find, God, just one person in every church today that's desperate for you. Hungry for your fire. Jesus. And we're going to thank you in advance for what you'll do. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Mm. Hallelujah. I was praying. Suddenly, John Wesley came to my mind, a great revivalist man who founded such great ministry over the years. Anybody familiar with what I'm talking about? Hallelujah. So I'll share the abbreviated version, then I promise I'll read First Kings. Revivalist and founder of the United Methodist Church. Did you hear what I just said? Revivalist and founder of the United Methodist Church. Anybody else ever wonder why there's so many United Methodist churches in a city? Read up on it. And the history goes that every time the fire of God fell, he planted a church. My God, in Uniontown, look how many times the fire fell. Just up the street at Calvary. We can see it right from here. Downtown at Asbury. Oh, God. And then the other one, Trinity. My God, those are just a few. He said, everywhere the fire of God fell, I planted a church. 
My God. Now, sadly, it's a failing denomination. Where'd the fire go? Where'd the fire go? I'm here to declare and decree even to that denomination and every church that seems to be dwindling and barely getting by. Wet wood still burns. Hallelujah. We're just going to decree and declare that over every church on the verge of closing right now. Wet wood still burns. Hallelujah. Some of you need to start declaring that over your family and your finances. Everything that's been soaked and feel like you're taking on water. Anybody else ever feel like you're just taking on water? You know, drowning in the midst of circumstances. Oh, come on. Am I preaching to anybody yet? You feel like you're taking on water? I'm here to tell you you can be underwater, but wet wood still burns. Hallelujah. We can be in the midst of a flood and, and everything that you know could be taken on water, your life, your relationship, your money, your job, your marriage, but it can still burn. That's what the word of God declares in 1 Kings 18. Bless God. Hallelujah. Because there is a fire that comes from heaven. Amen. Even the word of God declares in Hebrews, for our God, what? Is a consuming fire oh yes not was that, that that's why i fail i refuse to believe another church in this city is going to close i rebuke that spirit even now in the name of jesus i refuse to believe that another one of those power-packed revival denominations that's what it was do your homework i grew up in united methodist Church. we had revival our revivals lasted for weeks in deep creek maryland I remember them. We overlooked that beautiful lake. But I mean, there was revival on the hill. I mean, hungry people. That's where my dad got the call to preach the gospel. Believe that was out of the United Methodist Church. Praise God. Crazy things happen. People hungry for God, laying on the altars of God, crying out to him, Lord, we want more. Lord, we want more. Packed out. You couldn't get any more in there if you wanted to. People hungry and desperate for God. God's not done yet. You know who is done is we gave up. Some, some of God's people gave up, but God's not done yet. He wants to send a fresh, fresh fire. My God, see, we should have sang it. Hallelujah. He wants to send a fresh fire. Why do you think that we ever named this church this church when we did? Because I knew God wanted to send a fresh fire to this region. God's not done yet. He's not done yet. He's only just getting started and he's looking for somebody and people that will believe that he's not done yet. That we're not going to just read in scripture of his greatest acts, but some of the greatest things are yet to come. You've heard me say it, but some of you need to believe it. That the only book of the Bible still being written is the book of Acts and you should be in it. What will it say about us? History is still being written. My God. Think about it. What is it going to say about Fresh Fire Church in Uniontown, Pennsylvania? If, if there was a historian writing, come on, what's it going to say about you? Is it going to declare that we were a people that gave up and walked away, that we were a doubting Thomas? Or is it going to be a people that were relentless and hungry for God, that we, we chose God if I have to stay on my face all night? God, if we have to do nothing but cry out for you in service, God, we're going to believe that you're not done with us yet, that there's still more to come. God, we're going to believe that wet wood still burns. Hallelujah. We're going to believe this old Luther church right here where we stand 
Oh, come on. I'm for real. This was a Lutheran church, bless God. But that wet wood can still burn. Uh-huh. Stained glass windows and all. When, when we took it over, we, we I burned the pews. Got rid of the kneelers. Hallelujah. You know, what we need those for? Rip the altar out. We build a new state. I mean, you know. We said, God, we're going to get rid of every idol in here. Because wet wood still burns. And we're going to create a place for you. So we said, God, we'll, 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 we'll begin what you want to do in the middle of Super 8 Motel for a few weeks and we outgrew it. Then we went down to an old bar, transitioned it into a church. Why we ever did that, I don't know. God's what God made available. Our first few services stunk like Coors Light and cigarettes. I'm not exaggerating. Beer signs on the wall even. Because we didn't get all the help we needed to do it. We started painting everything that we could put paint on to get rid of the smell. But then God started moving, and, but he said, I'll pay to put new carpet in your church. I said, thank you. And somebody else said, I'll pay to build a platform. I said, thank you. Amen. And somebody else said, I'll pay to put a bathroom and thank you. Are you hearing me? And then somebody else ripped a kitchen out of their burnt house, put it in our church, and it was beautiful. And God moved, and then God moved us here to bring fresh fire to the middle of Fayette County, to the city of Uniontown. And look what a difference you've made. Oh, God. Come on. You need to understand every time we hand out a box of food, we're just spreading the fire. Oh, I mean... That's what you're doing. Every time we give out clothes and all of the things we do, we're spreading fire. Amen. I'm a spiritual arsonist. Come on. I grew up with a boy who, who became an arsonist. He lit everything he could on fire in Mark Leesburg. And yet I said, well, that's fine. He said, I, I need you to pray. I'm going to go to jail. I said, yeah, you're going to jail. I said, but I'm arsonist too. I'm just a spiritual one. Because everywhere we go, we need to start some fires. I said, everywhere we go, we need to start a fire. Oh, come on. Everywhere we go, we need to start a fire. Oh, my God. A spiritual arsonist. Oh, I'm going to start a flame. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. I used to wonder why God always sends me to churches who, who don't usually want the fire. He says, God, I want you to take it to them. Every time I get asked to preach, it's always somewhere. I'm like, God, you know they don't like people like me. He says, well, start a fire. So we just go start a fire. Whew. And every... I'm not picking on denominations. I'm just saying, typically you don't find uh, fires starting in some churches. And those are the ones that God will always send me to. Hallelujah. Always. He's, it's the ones I'm encouraging pastors of who, who, who had to get up this morning and preach to a church who don't even believe in Pentecost. He said, what do I do? I said, you preach the gospel. I said, you give it to them. Preach it to them anyway. Hallelujah. Tell them about it anyway. Hallelujah. Glory to God.
He said, they'll fire me. I said, well, bless God, let them fire you. Let them fire you. I said, I'd rather be in right in this. I, I, it's a friend of mine locally. I said, I'd rather be right in the center of where God wants me than being afraid that they're going to cut my paycheck. I said, they are not your source anyway. They, the, the treasurer may write the check, but he is your resource. Trust in him, bless God. Give him the fire. Yes. So I told him about my message. He said, oh, can I preach it? I said, not tomorrow. Uh, I said, this is my word. Hallelujah. Wet wood still burns. First Kings. Let me read this quickly. We got to go. Wet wood still burns. Oh, hallelujah. First Kings 18, look at verse 32. Then with the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench around the altar large enough to hold two seahs of seed. Oh, I just love that kind of faith. And he put the wood in order, cut the bull pieces, and laid it on the wood and said, fill four water pots with water. How many ever f fill your campfire with water first? That's what old Elijah said. He said, I'm going to show you, my God. He said, fill four water pots with water. And we're talking water pots. They're, they're several gallons big. They're big that they used to carry on their shoulder. And pour it onto the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. Oh, see, now you know what I'm going to say. Then he said, do it a second time because once wasn't enough. And then he said, do it a third time. Oh, yes. And they did it a third time. So the water ran all around the altar and it also filled the trench with water. In other words, it was soaked. It was underwater. And verse 36, and it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, and I am your servant, and that I have done all these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that you are the Lord God, and that you have turned their heart back to you again. Verse 38, I love it. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice in the wood and the stones and the dust, and it licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Oh, hallelujah. <clears throat> Let me take a moment and give you just a little bit of backstory. Uh, the people of Israel had begun to serve Baal. They got impatient with God. Anybody else ever get impatient with God? We get tired of waiting. What was last week's message? Wait Right. Wait on me. We have to wait, take, take some time, sometimes to wait on the Lord. And they got a little impatient and they begin to get curious and they begin to worship and serve Baal. And previously, if you read just a few verses earlier, uh, amen, there was, they were just worshiping idols and all kinds of things was taking place and kinds of debauchery and, and such going on. And, and God knew that he had to send somebody and God knew that Elijah was the man for it. 
and God needed to be serve. God needed to provide a reminder to the people of Israel that He is their God. And so God knew that He needed one person to be able to serve as that reminder. Oh, I just love how God wants to often use just one person. I wonder if if God is trying to use just one person in this place to be a reminder to people that wet wood still burns. Oh, hallelujah. And so the Bible says that as 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 the the people of Israel were serving Baal and doing all the things that they were doing, that God did not just send Elijah to the people of Israel, but instead God sent Elijah away for a period of time. Oh, how that's important. And and you're going to want to keep that in mind that God sent Elijah away for a period of time. Sometimes you and I would just need to get away from it all. So the text that we're reading, this is Elijah returning after he had been away a little while. Since Israel had drifted and started worshiping Baal, we pick up in the text where Elijah returns to serve as a reminder of who they are supposed to be. Do you realize that you and I are to serve as a reminder to some people of who they are supposed to be? That's what Elijah was. He was a reminder to those people of who they were supposed to be. He was a reminder of their roots. Oh, yes, hallelujah. I know how we want to often forget some of the things of where we've come from and all that we've been through. Oh, yes. But we need to sometimes serve as a reminder of who we are and who we're supposed to be. Hallelujah. I I, I can't try to act like anybody else. I am who I am. Amen. Amen. And so I'm here to just serve as a reminder to some others of who they're supposed to be. You, as part of the body of Christ, are to be a reminder to others of who they are supposed to be. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We bless you, Lord. Now, I said there a moment ago that sometimes it can feel like we're underwater and that we're drowning And that's so much going on, even in the times that we're living on in right now, it can kind of seem like we're being consumed by things. Feels like our wallet might be consumed at the gas pump or at the grocery store. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Or just consumed by life or consumed or feeling like we're a few weeks ago, even I said in, in service that there are some people, they feel like they're being strangulated or are struggling to keep their head above water. Mm-hmm. But yet the Bible says in Ephesians chapter one and chapter two, that you and I are seated in heavenly places. It even says above principalities. Oh, Hallelujah that were seated in heavenly places. And I began to think about that particular scripture, thinking on on how it does in many ways feel like right now some of us are underwater, taking on water, on the verge of drowning by circumstances and situation. Yet the Bible says that we are seated 
in heavenly places. And I begin to really think about that and think about how the enemy is, is putting us in a place where, where our, our authority and our power are sort of taken on water. In other words, we're not praying and operating in our rightful authority. Not all the church is operating and hearing what I'm saying today. That we're not praying and believing that he is the God of fire. Still. We're not praying and believing necessarily that wet wood still burns. We're not praying and believing that whatever we're asking for right now in that moment, that it's going to be done. And so we're battling depression and all kinds of emotions and things, and we're taking on water. And yet Ephesians says that we are seated in heavenly places above principalities, but the enemy has used circumstance, situation, problems. He can even use the economy and things for you and I to feel like we're in a place where we're not as powerful as we used to be. We're not as on fire as we used to be. Amen. And so our seat that is in heavenly places is in jeopardy. Am I making sense? Mm -hmm. Causing the church to operate in a less powerful manner. Oh, we'll sing, but not sing with power. We'll pray, but not praying with power. We'll even evangelize, but not evangelize with fire. Because our seat has been taken on water and we get used to being serving God in a place where there is no fire. Uh Where there's no power, where there's no real authority in what we're asking and seeing the results of it. I just had to throw that in there because it's been speaking to my heart even this morning. We're seated in heavenly places. Above principalities. Some of you just need to shake your leg. Shake him off. I'm serious. It's as if the enemy is just pulling you down out of your heavenly place. Out of your rightful place of authority. See, now I'm speaking to somebody. Shake him off. Because he said you're seated. He he, he can't take your seat. It's already, you're already in it. Uh Uh-huh. See, you you may have felt like you lost your place or your seat. My God. But, but, But he can't take your seat. You're already in it. Hallelujah. The only thing the enemy is able to do is sort of put you in a place where you're underwater. But hallelujah, wet wood still burns. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Wet wood, he might be trying to pull you under through circumstance and situation. Glory to God. Let me even just dare to say this. While prices are on the rise, I I decree and declare that today is Pentecost Sunday. It's a day of revelation and harvest. It's not going to affect you. Because you are seated in heavenly places. You are seated in heavenly places. Shake it off. You know, shake it off like a dog. I know I look like a dog. I don't even care. Shake it off. I am seated in heavenly places. Hallelujah. I'm seated in heavenly places. Shake it off. Hey, may God look over at somebody and say, shake it off. Shake it off. 
Somebody online say, shake it off. My, my, my. Shake it off. Some of you need to shake off your heaviness and just embrace the presence and fire of God. Come on, stop being so prim and proper. Shake a leg if you have to. Come on. Just shake it. Hallelujah. I'm going to shake it off. I am seated in heavenly places. Hallelujah. Above principalities. Hallelujah. So it's not just get thee behind me, Satan, get, but get underneath me, Satan. Remember your place. Hallelujah. Above principalities and powers. Hallelujah. Because we've been given all authority. Yes. That's what the word says, that I've been given all authority. You've been given all authority. Hallelujah. Shake it off. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. I'm not going to be underwater. I'm going to operate in my rightful power and authority. Hallelujah. The enemy is not going to try to take my seat. Hmm. So we start feeling as if our worship and our prayer life is ineffective. And the reason is, is because it's not necessarily that you are drowning. It's that your seat is drowning. Your place of authority. Oh, that's good. My place of authority is drowning. It's taking on water. But thank you, Lord, that wet wood still burns. Hallelujah. 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 And so we get, we get kind of a, we get to a place where we get tired of things not going our way. We get tired of living life with bad news. If we didn't have anything but bad news, some of you wouldn't have any news at all. Amen. Sometimes we get tired of one thing after the other. Amen. Sometimes we get tired of just feeling weak and weary or, or being in situations that we are, but we are seated. I got to remind you in heavenly places above principalities. And I don't care if you feel like you're drowning, you're not because God's word says you're seated in heavenly places above principalities. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Now, we find Israel in the text, and they've sort of been in a place like that. We find Israel in a very similar place. The chosen people don't necessarily feel chosen anymore, and they're in a drought. They're in a drought. Hallelujah. I don't know if anybody in here has ever felt like God chose everyone else but you. Or you felt like God was blessing everyone else but you. Or you felt like he was hearing prayer and answering for everybody else but you. Amen. Have you ever felt uh, uh, chosen? Have you ever felt like God was chosen, choosing everybody else but you? Hallelujah. Have you ever felt maybe like you were chosen, but you can't pay your bills? Have you ever felt like you, you were chosen, but, but where's my healing? God, how come I'm chosen and you'll use me to heal others, but God, why am I not getting my healing? Amen. Um, that, that's really where the children of Israel were. God, I'm chosen, but I don't feel chosen. Oh, yes. Yes, amen. Chosen, but don't feel chosen. 
You know, the contradiction of often the word of God, and there are many through scripture that you have to study to understand what God is under speaking to the church. Where we will read, we are blessed and highly favored, and many times we don't feel blessed or highly favored. Yes. Or, or we, where he says that we have seated in heavenly places above principalities. So sometimes we're chosen but don't feel chosen. I want you to notice something. Just before the text that we, that we read today, it explains that they are in a drought. The people of Israel. The very people that God is going to send Elijah to to remind them to serve as a reminder of who they should be, God says it's not enough that they are chosen but don't feel chosen. They're going to go through a drought because God has purpose in his plan. Yes, he does. God is using the drought. Notice the drought is the first step that God is using to rescue these people. Oh, yes. Any of you ever felt like you're in a drought in your life? Things are drying up. And yet, that is the very thing that God will use as a first step to rescue you. You've got to begin to see and understand that God's methods often look like madness. Let me say it again. God's methods often look like madness before they'll make any sense to you. Sometimes they'll think, God, you must have lost your mind as if I wasn't having enough trouble in this life. Now I'm dealing with this, and it will look like he has lost his mind. But I promise you, God always has purpose in his plan. And so God is allowing the very people he's sending Elijah to to experience a drought. The, 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 the drought often comes, and the enemy even will, will speak to us in the midst of the drought and try to convince you and I that the drought has come to, to kill us or to destroy us. Amen. But, but, but what you need to understand is that God is trying to use the drought to, bring, to, to recover you and I, to recover us from where we are. Hallelujah. And so anytime that God is getting ready to save his people from, from it being in a place where we don't necessarily mean, need to want, where he wants us to be, he'll send a drought. He'll allow resources to dry up. Anybody recognizing anything about our current day? God will start allowing some things to dry up so you and I can start looking to him above and beyond everything else. Oh, hallelujah. It, it may have started with a virus and all those things, but God said, no, I'm going to start just randomly drying up some resources. And what resources there are, they'll be so unaffordable. Oh, see, you don't like that kind of preaching. But the truth of the matter is, as God is trying to speak to the church, we didn't listen Church didn't listen. And so God says, I'm going to keep trying to speak. To you. I'm just going to keep drying some things up. I, I'm going to keep you going through a season of drought. Read your word. He said it would happen, and it's happening. End time events are upon us. Hallelujah. And so he's just drying up resources, drying up things that used to be available. I'm so tired of calling to try to get people to do work, and nobody's available. I think it took eight or ten phone calls to get somebody to come fix the air conditioning up at the new offices. I said, Lord. Drying up resources. Drying up people and things and hallelujah. But it's because God's trying to speak and he wants to be heard. And he wants you and I to surrender.
And so we're in a season where the church is being forced to look upon God. Where God doesn't want our churches to look at our checking accounts and our savings accounts. He wants us to look upon him. Hallelujah. And yet we're maybe crying out, God, save me from here. God, are you able to rescue me from this? And God is wanting you and I to look upon him in the midst of what we're going through. And so he sends the prophet Elijah. I love this because God, was, God sent the, Elijah to the people of Israel. And the reason I know that he sent him is because God, never want, God will never leave you and I in a position where, where, where we have to die where we are. He's never going to leave you and I in a position where we're going to be underwater where we have to stay there. God will always send a, a, a messenger to bring a word from the Lord to bring the help and hope that we need. Hallelujah. In other words, God's not going to let you where you are. If you feel like you're drowning, God's not going to let you there. If you feel like you're drying up in a drought, God's not going to let you die in that drought, but he will always send a word your way. I just appreciate that about God, that he loved the people of Israel despite what they had done. Despite they had begun worshiping another, he said, I'm going to send the, the, the prophet to you anyway. Amen. Thank you, God, that you love me enough. You'll send a messenger my way even when I'm in a place of wrong. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He's faithful even when I'm not. Thank you, Jesus. Faithful even when I'm not. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. And so they forgot what it was to be the people of God. You and I, if we're not careful, we can forget what it is to really worship God. If you and I aren't careful, we'll forget what it is to really be a person of prayer. If you and I aren't careful, we'll forget what it is like to be on fire for God. And so he will use things, we're, we're, we're getting somewhere, he, he will use people to serve as a reminder to you of who you are supposed to be. Elijah was the reminder to the people of Israel of who they were supposed to be. Hallelujah. What we end up doing in the churches, we don't like to admit it, but what we do do is we, we end up be, being a people that we take on uh, God, the God of worry and the God of fear and the God of doubt and the God of rejection and the God of all sorts of things. We don't want to admit it, but, but those things become our God and we spend a lot more time focusing on worry and fear and rejection and all the things that are going on in our life more than we do our own God. And so before you know it, it affects our worship, it affects our prayer life, and it affects the, our avail, our, uh, even our uh, ability to even be on fire for God. And so before you know it, we just become different than we ever used to be. Hallelujah. And so we start worshiping those kinds of emotions and things more than we do the one true living God. Thank you, Lord, for giving us a reminder today. So let me move forward. God sends Elijah. <clears throat> he sends Elijah to expose them to what they are supposed to look like. Oh, hallelujah. Do you know sometimes God wants to expose you to what it is you're supposed to look like? <clears throat> Maybe some of you that think some of us have lost our mind, God's just been trying to expose you to what it is you're supposed to look like. 
Oh, hallelujah. God's trying to expose you to what it is you're supposed to look like. God doesn't expose you and I to people who are on fire for God just so that I can start feeling bad about where I'm not. Even though some of us would prefer to take on that behavior and will be the victim. Oh, poor me. Oh, poor my poor life. But God sends people who are on fire for God into your life to serve as a reminder of who you are supposed to be and what you are supposed to look like on fire for him. Oh, maybe God wants to use you to serve as a reminder to somebody else what it is to be on fire for God. Am I losing you already? All right. I don't want to lose you yet. Because we often will cry over what we don't have and all that we don't have and where we are and our circumstances and all the things that are wrong. But what God wants to do is God wants you and I to remember what he showed you and I along the way. Mm-hmm. There are some things I preached the message once, miracles along the way. This is where it's important that we have to remember that Jesus walked with the disciples so long and for those few years of ministry, so much so that when, when Jesus finally was, was crucified and, and, and even resurrected, but then after he leaves to sit at the right hand of the Father, amen, and then sends a, a replacement, another, who is the Holy Ghost, he, they walked with him along the way to witness miracles, to witness things, so that, that, and they walked with him closely so that they could be exposed to what they're supposed to look like even after he's gone. See, you and I are exposed to the word of God. God exposed us to it. He exposed us to even things in this world and through people because he wants you and I to have a reminder of what it is that we're supposed to look like. See, scripture is not there just for you and I to read and think, oh, it must have been great to walk with Jesus. No, it's to serve as a reminder to expose you of what it is we're supposed to look like. Radical faith. Are you with me? Well, you and I can lay hands on the sick and believe and expect that they'll recover where you and I can, can face off with a demon and he will always lose. It's to expose you and I of what it is we're supposed to look like. It's to expose you and I that we're supposed to see ourselves seated in heavenly places above principalities as I was preaching earlier. It's to help you to see who it is that you are supposed to be and what, what, what you're supposed to look like. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for exposing us to something more, something greater, God, more than, than, than where we are right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. God's been exposing you to some things along the way. Sometimes we reject that process. We don't always like the things that end up in our life, but God was exposing you. And that exposure was meant to help you. It wasn't that God wanted you to get your heart broke. He said, I'm exposing you so it can help you, so that you can help somebody else, so that you can help somebody else to, to know what it is, what they're supposed to look like after a betrayal. Oh, my. 
You, you, you and I are to serve as a reminder to somebody. You need to get that. That's what Elijah was. He was a reminder to the children of Israel what they were supposed to look like. Church, you and I are supposed to be a reminder to somebody else what they're supposed to look like. Are you a good representation of what it looks like to be on fire for God? Oh, hallelujah. That's the truth. I'm preaching truth to y'all getting quiet on me. So I know something must be striking home today. Are you a good representation? Remember, even the Bible says that he has called you and I to be ambassadors for Christ. An ambassador means that you represent Christ. Oh. In other words, when uh, I, I, anywhere I go, if I leave here to go to Wally World or Shop and Save or whatever, I'm to represent Christ. Oh, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Are you representing him? In other words, I mean, you and I are to serve as reminders of what it is for people to, what, we, what we people for, the people of God are supposed to look like. So I don't be intimidated to be on fire for God. You're to serve as a reminder. Uh-huh. Don't, 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 allow your, don't allow religion to take your shout. Serve as a reminder of what on fire people are supposed to look like. Don't let anybody else take your dance. If you're going to be the only person dancing in this place, dance. Serve as a reminder what it is they're supposed to look like. Don't, don't, don't let anybody else take your worship. Be the only one that grabs a flag and lays on your face before God if you have to. Are you starting to hear what I'm saying? Don't let anybody else's expectations of what they think worship's supposed to be or what they like or what they don't like. Be, a, be an example of what they're supposed to look like. Hallelujah. Show them what it is to dance before the Lord. Show them what it is to get desperate for Jesus. Amen. Even there was a woman in, in, in scripture who her husband thought she was drunk and she says, no, I'm just desperate. She was, he thought she was laughing and carrying on and snotting and crying around. And her husband thought, my God, what is she drunk? And she said, no, I'm just desperate. Why? She was serving as a reminder of what we are supposed to look like. Oh, hallelujah. I'm supposed to look like I'm messed up from the floor up. I'm supposed to look like, look like we've lost our mind at times. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. The disciples were exposed to things. Exposed to some things. God has exposed some of you to some things. Some of you need to pay more attention to things that God has allowed you to be exposed to and show you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. So God sends Elijah to be a representation for the children of Israel because he's a representation that God is. God, God, God wanted to set him apart. Notice something that while the children of Israel were going through a drought, God sends Elijah away. God said, you're not going to live through the drought that the people are going through. Oh, my. God sent the prophet in another direction. In the, in the previous chapter, in chapter 17, God told him that there was going to be a drought 
And yet God called him away from even where that drought was. I thought about that. Uh, It's even on my mind. I thought about, God, what's your purpose in calling him away? God, why would you call him away from the very place where everyone else is suffering? And yet God called him away so that he could remain focused on who he was and who he was supposed to be in the middle of the drought. See, God needed him to not be a part of the drought. God needed him to be focused on who and what God had called him to be so that he could serve as that reminder. Let Let me try to put it to you another way. Sometimes you and I get really busy and focused on trying to suffer with people and prove that we, that we can hang out with them in the midst of their drought, that we miss the opportunity to be called away from God. In other words, sometimes we, we try to be so relatable to other people that, that we miss the opportunity to be called away from God. When, 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 we're, when, we're, when you and I are the person who God wants to call away. We're, you and I are the person that, that, God want, that God wants to use to be the deliverer to those who are in the drought. Did you hear what I just said? God called him away so that he could be the person that he needed to be, so that he could be the deliverer to bring the people out of the drought. Some of you, God doesn't want you down in the miry clay. I believe that's why today you and I are celebrating Pentecost, the day of harvest and revelation, because God wants you and I to understand we are seated in heavenly places above principalities and that what everyone else is going through, God doesn't want you to have to suffer it. God wants you and I to be the deliverer that will help bring people out of what it is they're experiencing. Is anybody got an ear to hear today? So he says, be careful, don't believe where you are, what what you might be living in. You are in the world, but you are not of the world. Oh, thank you. See, now you're starting to wake up. We are in the world, but we are not of the world. In other words, I may be living with in the midst of these circumstances, but it doesn't define me. I am going to remain an example of who and what God has called me to be. I'm going to be the example. Elijah was an example of who and what the children of Israel were supposed to look like. You and I, God is wanting to use in this moment. I believe this with all of my heart that God wants to use you and I in this moment so that you and I can serve as a reminder, so that you and I can help be the part of the delivering of the people that are living around us, amen, that we can be, serve as a reminder of what it is to look like to be on fire for God, that we can, we can be called away. In this moment, God doesn't want you and I to get caught up in what's happening in the world. God needs you and I to be called away from it. God, God doesn't need you and I stressing out about the price at the pump or the price at the grocery store. God needs you and I to be called away from it so that we can be prepared to be the deliverer. You do believe that we're called to be more than what we're doing even right now. God wants you to be a part of delivering other people. God wants you to be a part of delivering someone who's addicted to drugs. God wants you to be a part of delivering someone who, who, who is uh, about to commit suicide. Are you hearing me? And so in order to be those kind of people, he wants us to be a people that can be called away. I can be in the world, but not of it. In other words, I'm not going to stress and lose my mind over the things that everyone else is. I'm willing to be called away. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You're willing to call me out, so therefore I don't have to live through the same drought everyone else is going through. You're going to call me away. Yes, God is trying to call you out. God wants to call you and I away. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Call us away, Heavenly Father. 
Hallelujah. And so God needed to get him alone. God needed to get Elijah alone with him. Elijah had to be alone with God because he has to become somebody in the moment who can handle the weight that God is trying to put on him. Imagine what it must have been like to be the man that God was going to use to try to deliver an entire nation. Oh, yes. You have to be called away. You have to be able to hear, uh, hear the voice of God and only the voice of God and be distanced from the wailing and the crying of people and the complaining and the murmuring. Hallelujah. We, we have to get alone with God so that he can prepare us to be the man or woman that he needs us to be. Hallelujah. We got we to take the time to get alone with God. Hallelujah. See, our, our houses can have revival, but you need to be able to be called away. Our church can have revival, but we have to be willing to be called away. Amen. Our city can experience revival. Our nation can. We can see God move in mighty, mighty ways. We can see God turn things that are going wrong right now completely around. But he is looking for somebody who is willing to be called away. Like Elijah was to get prepared for the moment that God wants to use them. And so the Bible says, the Bible says that when Elijah came down to face off with the prophets of, with the prophets of Baal, that he had enough faith to believe that wet wood still burns. Boy, that was some meet and greet that he had with God. He went away to get alone with God so much so that when he came down off of, uh, uh, from being alone, he, when he came down, he had enough faith to believe that wet wood still burns. That's the text that we read. He, he, he thought it's just not enough that I'm going to pray and believe the fire is going to come from heaven. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stack the odds. I, I'm going to create an atmosphere that looks almost impossible, that, that only God, it, it's going to take only God to do something here in this moment. God, show up and show off as only you can. That's what he was doing. He was creating an undoubtable platform for God to really show off. Hallelujah. In other words, you got to be a crazy somebody. You, I said you got to be a crazy somebody to pour water on wood and believe that it's still going to burn. Just a little crazy. See, some of us just are crazy enough to believe that God can take the, the bad and make it right. Some of us are crazy enough to believe that God could take everything that looks so wrong right now and make it right. Some of us are crazy enough to believe that legs do still grow. Some of us are crazy to believe that God is a God of creative miracles, amen. Some of us are crazy enough to believe that God can still set not just a church on fire, but a city on fire, amen. Some of us are crazy enough to believe and we'll pour water on it to even prove that he is God. Amen. Hallelujah. And Elijah was crazy by the time he came back from having some time with God, his, his father in heaven. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. What's the purpose of it? You and I need to, need to, need to receive the notice that Elijah's given you and I. See, it's not just notice that, that, that God can show up and that he will show up. It, this is a story that serves notice in, in phenomenal ways. This is, gives you and I an opportunity to, to let hell know that wet wood still burns. 
This this text is an opportunity for you and I to let every devil know that wet wood still burns. In other words, it's an opportunity for you and I to be able to look every demon in its face and, and declare, yes, you've tried to make me feel like I'm drowning, like I'm taking on water, like I don't have my rightful authority, that, 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 that I'm underneath, but I am seated in heavenly places. See, somebody needs to hear me today. And, and all principalities are beneath me, according to the word of God. This is what this word serves as, is a reminder for you of who you are and whose you are. Hallelujah. It's, it's a reminder, this text, to, to let you serve notice to every person that ever did you wrong, that wet wood still burns. Amen. How many of you know there are some church people that all they really are is a wet blanket, and they're a wet blanket to just throw, a, to, to just put out your fire. Some of you must have never been to any of those churches. I have been. You know, it's like they wear the name tag that says the official wet blanket. And so you come in all on fire for God. You want to see God move. You start praying. You start being hungry for more of God. And then they just come in and throw themselves on you. And, and they try putting out your fire. This is a text for you and I to serve as a reminder to every one of those people who have ever served as a wet blanket in your life that wet wood still burns. They may have tried to, 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 put, uh, to, to, to put water on your fire, but you will still burn. Amen. They may have tried to dump buckets and buckets of water like Elijah did in the text, but wet wood will still burn. A wet sacrifice will still burn. The Bible says that not just the sacrifice burnt, not just the, 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 the dust burnt, but the rocks burnt and that it even licked up the water. Why? Because wet wood still burns. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You need to serve that as a reminder to every area of your life that feels like it's underwater, that wet wood will still burn. Hallelujah. See, the prophets of Baal, they had power, but they did not have fire. Uh-huh. They, they were able to do some things, but they did not have fire. Oh, hallelujah. See, this is why it's important that you and I get some time away with God so that we know what it is that God wants to do and how it is that God wants to move. And, and so he, 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 Elijah understood. He understood something. He, he, he understood. See, a lot of times people will choose power. But if you and I ever get the opportunity to choose, we need to always choose fire over power. Hallelujah. Because fire has the ability to destroy whatever is in its path. Fire has the ability to consume whatever it's in its path. I know some people seek out title, but if every person who would seek out a title would seek out the fire of God, oh my God, you wouldn't be worried about your title. You'd be worried about all that you could help consume that is in your path. Amen. What I, what I don't need is another title or degree behind my name. What we absolutely need is the fire of God because anybody that would stand against us for our God is a consuming fire. And so if we can possess the very fire of God, no weapon formed against us would prosper. Every tongue that rises against us will be condemned. Amen. Because God has called you and I to be an example to others of what they're supposed to look like. Amen. So God will cause every gossiping tongue to just be caught on fire. God will cause every complacent church person to just be caught on fire. Amen. This is why we need the fire of God, not by just one or two, but we need to say, God, consume us in this place. God, consume us. Have your way in our lives. Hallelujah. Set, set us on fire, oh God. 
set us on fire. Amen. What was it? John Wesley, I was mentioning him earlier. John Wesley said, I want to be so on fire that people come to watch me burn. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I want to be so on fire for you, God, that people will come to watch me burn. That, you need to make that your prayer. God, help me to be so on fire for you that people will just come. They want to come to my house to watch me burn. They just come to church to watch me burn. God, they come to watch me worship and burn for you. Hallelujah. 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 To be on fire for God. You see, you got you, you to gotta want him more than you do any substitute. I don't need any fake fire. Fraudulent fire. I need, we need the real fire of God, especially on Pentecost Sunday especially on Pentecost Sunday. Lord, send your fire. And then what you need to do is seek out people who will help to fan your flames. And be careful of those wet blanket people. I said, be careful of those wet blanket people. If you don't have the capacity to set them ablaze, even in their wet state of being a blanket, then at least surround, people, surround yourself with people who can fan your flame. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I want you to hear the reminder today that, that, that some of us have said, I'll never be like that, uh, like I used to be on fire for God. I'll never be as hungry. I'll never be able to pray like I used to pray on fire for God. I'm here to tell you that this is a reminder to you that yes, you can, you can, and you absolutely will be on fire for God. You will be hungry again. You will pray with authority again. You will have desperation in your heart again for the things of God. That's what this word is for. You, 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 some of you have thought you felt like you've, you will never overcome where you are. But that's what this word is for. It's to serve as a reminder that, yes, you can overcome where you are. If you, if you allow yourself to believe that you'll never overcome, then you've already surrendered your seat from a heavenly place. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Sister, put that on for me, please. If you dare to allow yourself to believe that you are never going to overcome poverty, or what amount you, you make right now, then you didn't come believing this is Pentecost Sunday. That it's a day of harvest and revelation. Why, why are you not able to be the highest paid person at your job? Why are you not allowed to get a check and you don't even have a job? Oh, see, some of you don't have faith to believe it. I get, I, people bless me. It's not because I clock in and clock out anywhere. Come on, somebody. Do you, do you have the faith to believe that you really will recover from a place where you've been? Do you really have the faith to believe that wet wood still burns? See, there is no, there is no experience there's no issue that you and I could ever go through that can keep the fire of God from reaching you. That's what this text is really about. The children of Israel were worshiping Baal. And God said, I'm going to send the, my fire to you anyway. To serve as a reminder through my man of God of what it is you're supposed to look like. And that you may have forgotten who you are, but I'm going to send my fire anyway.
See, some of us, you have, you've been living in a, a, a state for so long, you've sort of believed that that is your life and that is how you are supposed to live and it's all you will ever be. The devil is a liar. I'm here to remind you, the purpose of this message is to remind you that you are seated. I have a seat that some of you can't even see. Are you hearing me? You have a seat that you might be sitting in one that that is not your seat. You are seated in heavenly places above principalities, powers, and darkness. In other words, I I could be living in poverty, but I am not of poverty. I, I can be living in a place where gas is more than a gallon of milk, but I, that does not define me. I whipped out my wallet yesterday. I'm telling you, right at the checkout counter. I saw that number and I he shot I'm not getting I I spoke in tongues right there. Right at Walmart. That girl looked at me like it's just true. She looks at me. I said, just, I said, I'm sorry. I said, I'm sorry. I said, I said, I'm sorry. This is true. I see this girl all the time. She, she's never going to like me again. I, I said, I'm sorry. I said, you're a checkout counter and you're a liar. And she, she looked at me and she goes, huh? I said, that can't be right. I said, only my top basket's full. I said, what do you mean $192? And she goes, it's $192.52. So I looked and I said, like I said, your register and use a liar. I told her, I said, don't mind me. I said, I'm just calling those things that are not as though they were. And then she goes, then she goes, oh, I got you. I got you. She said, I got you. She said, I pray every time I go to the store. I said, then you understand what I'm, I said, I'm just decreeing the devil is a liar. It took her a moment. I thought she was going to punch me. Because what I'm living in is not who I am. I am seated in heavenly places. So when I pulled out my wallet in all authority and power, 192. Because I know some of y'all sort of pull out your wallet sometimes and and you're sort of like this. Come on, don't act like you ain't ashamed sometimes. Think it, oh Jesus. I pulled out my wallet and I said, My daddy, my daddy owns a cattle on a thousand hill. That's what the Bible says. 
My Bible says that I'm an inheritor of God. Uh Uh-huh. It says I'm an inheritor of his. In other words, whatever he has, I'm inheriting. $192, that ain't nothing. Come for me. Come for me, devil. That's what I'm saying. Come for me. I don't know. Let's make it a thousand one ninety-two. Come for me. That's nothing. See, some of you get intimidated by numbers. Who is your God? That's what Elijah understood. That's why he got called away. Elijah got called away. God said, "I had to set you apart so that you don't get consumed by the drought, so that you don't start believing that I am less than what you're experiencing." So I pulled my wallet out in all confidence. And I said, my God, who owns a cattle on a thousand hill, God, you are more than enough. 192. What is that? That's, on, that's the pocket change in the restroom of heaven. Because we need to understand our daddy is loaded. You've got to stop worrying and fretting over what it's going to cost you, what it might be, what it looks like, what bills you're up against, what all the things that are going wrong. And either we're going to believe in who that he is or we're not. And so God sent Elijah away to say, I need you to keep yourself set apart. So much that when you go back, you're not consumed by what you hear and see from my so-called people. That forgot who they were that you can serve as a reminder what they're supposed to look like. Do you know you're supposed to serve as a reminder to this city of what they're supposed to look like? I served yesterday and I didn't even realize it until I got home. I served as a reminder to that cashier because it wasn't until I told her, I'm just telling the devil he's a liar. She thought I was calling her a liar. Well, I did, but... I served as a reminder to her what she's supposed to look like. Mm. Are you hearing me now, see? So, bless God. Bless God. So, I'll close right here. Notice Elijah never asked God for the fire. But he knew he would send it. Oh, see, some of you need to get so alone with God that you don't even have to ask him for it. You just know him so well that you know he's going to send it. In other words, you, you, you don't have to spend just five minutes with God and begging for what it is you need. You need to just be so set apart with God that you know his heart so well that you said, I'm just going to create an atmosphere where God, you can't help but to show up and show off. So he gets alone with God. He comes back. He pours water all over the fire, all, all over the wood and the burnt offering and the sacrifice and soaks up, soaks even the, the, the rocks and the wood. And then he just prays. And this is really, if I was to put Elijah's prayer into our language today and how we speak, this is really what Elijah said. Father, show these people what you and I talked about in private. Or, Father, show them who you showed me in private you are. That's what he said.
And so that's all he says. Now you are God. You alone are God. And it says there in verse 38, then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the offering and the wood and the stones and it licked up the water. Why? Because he was a man that was be willing to be set apart and not be consumed by the circumstances around him. See, had he been so consumed with the drought itself and the fact that God was going to send one, he never would have had the ability to hear that God wanted to set him apart and call him away. To give him the strength and the tenacity to be the man that led the children of Israel to a place of deliverance. God's trying to set you apart. That's the word. On this day of Pentecost, what God really wants to do is set you apart and call you away from the things that get in your ear, from the people that get in your ear, from the things that discourage you and cause you to be depressed and cause you to forget that you were seated in heavenly places above principalities. Is somebody hearing me today? And he wants to remind you that even if you're drowning, even if you feel like you have been consumed by the things around you, that wet wood still burns. I said wet wood still burns. Hallelujah. You might not have nothing left in the checking account, but wet wood still burns. Amen. You might be struggling in multiple areas, but wet wood still burns. That's what I want you to see. As the enemy uses circumstance and situation to try to cause you to feel like you're drowning, to cause you to, to lose your authority and your place of, uh, of rightful place of authority and power. But this is God's way of reminding you and I that he, even wet wood will still burn because He is God. And even if, even if the enemy has caused you to think that your, your place, your seat has been in jeopardy, God's is and He's still on the throne. And I serve a God that owns a cattle on a thousand hills. So whatever he has, I have access to. So we're just going to stand in the belief and the report of the Lord in every aspect of your life. That's what I want you to believe today. I want you to believe the word of God in the face of everything else that's going on in this world around us. I want you to believe the word of God in, in the face of lack, in the face of adversity, in the face of high prices, in the face of craziness going on all around the world, in the, in the face of shootings happening all around our nation. Come on. I want you to believe that you are seated in heavenly places. A thousand can come to one side. Ten thousand can fall at the other, but it will not come nigh me. Why? Because I'm seated in heavenly places. Why? Because wet wood still burns. Hallelujah. It might happen down the street from me, but it won't happen to me. I, I may not have much in my checking account, but I, I'm going to trust God anyway because wet wood still burns. And the next time you have to pull your wallet out or your bank card out, you're going to pull it out with confidence and pride. And you're going to think like I did. My God owns a cattle on a, that's my daddy. I'm an, some of you haven't inherited anything in life. Your, your family was poor. Their family was poor. You don't know what it is to get an inheritance where you're about to find out because today you have entered the season of revelation and harvest. You're going to know what it is to be an inheritor of God. You're going to know what it is. You, you're going to, you're going to get in that rickety raggedy old car of yours 
clanging and banging and rust holes on it. And you might even have the ability, you might have one of those special models that you look in the floorboard and you have air holes, you know? You might have one of those and you're, gonna, you're just gonna praise God for it and say, Mike, my daddy owns a cattle on a thousand hill. Yes, he does. And so these are my last days. These are my last days driving what I'm driving. Hallelujah. Because God, wet wood still burns. Oh, yes, it does. And so I'm so thankful that you're going to send your fire to demonstrate your goodness and your mercy. I'm so thankful that, God, you're going to demonstrate how awesome you are, that I'm willing to be set apart, that you and I are going to be alone with God. And when people start wondering how that's happened or why that's happening, then I'll serve as a reminder of what they're supposed to look like. Oh, hallelujah. Are you hearing me? It's not that you're going to rub it in anybody's faces, but you're going to ride around the blessings of God. Favor ain't fair, baby. I said, favor ain't fair, baby. People ask all the time. I had a pastor friend. He got all me. He said, you know, if I wasn't a godly man, he said, I'd get jealous of you and all that you're accomplishing and buying. He said, now you own half of the East End of Uniontown and blah, blah, blah. He said, if I wasn't a godly man, he said, I understand why all these others are jealous of you. I said, yeah. I said, well, I said, I'm sorry, brother. I said, favor just ain't fair. Some of you need to understand that. Don't feel bad when God stops, starts blessing you. Favor ain't fair. Look at every person that starts judging you and not liking you because God's favor ain't fair. You can't help it that you're favored by God. You, you are a child of the Most High God. And so because you are, you're an inheritor of Him. Are you hearing me? See, I'm decreeing things over some of you that some of you are picking up and some of you ain't. Stand at your feet in this place. Stand at your feet in this place. Some of you are going to start, start really walking at what I'm putting down for you. Hallelujah. It ain't fair. Hallelujah. I said it's not fair. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. It's not fair. I can't help but God chose me over you. Come on. I can't help it that he trusts me more than he does you. Oh, hallelujah. I, I, I can't help it that some of you need to believe that that's the God that he is. And if you don't, then you've not read your word that wet wood still burns. That I've been through too much. The reason that, that, that even God is able to do those things in my life is because I've been through enough things and that I've learned to trust him that wet wood still burns. That even when my heart was ripped out and people turned against me, I'll never forget. I know what it is to be preaching the gospel, go through a nasty divorce and the church turn on you and you become the enemy, you become the, I know what that is. But even through that, I remained steadfast and immovable. And I just was determined that wet wood still burns. Amen, wet wood still burns. And in the midst of people turning their back on me and talking about me and saying things, guess what God did? He blessed me. He blessed me because favor ain't fair, baby. The church came, they, they stole everything they could steal. I mean, personal items. They, these people who thought they were the bosses came in, they took everything in my office. They took my books. It took me years to build my library back up. Now my whole attic is filled with thousands of books because I have friends that publish books. They send me every book they ever published. Steal them, take them because favor ain't fair. 
Then they started talking about who I was hanging out with, who my friends were. And I said, yeah, they're my friends because the church was not. Then God started blessing in other ways. And they started getting jealous. I just don't understand it because favor ain't fair, baby. You don't have to understand it. But if you read your word, you will. Because I didn't need their approval when you have God's approval. You don't need their approval because favor ain't fair. And because I knew the secret. Because you can pour water all over me. You can attach every word to me and name to me you want. But the God that I serve is God enough that wet wood still burns. Oh, my God. I'm telling you. Oh, hallelujah. Wet wood still burns. That's my God. Wet wood still burns. Oh, yes, it does. Yes, it does. See? See, you thought you were coming to Pentecost Sunday to receive a word. What you didn't know is you were coming to receive a prophetic announcement over your life. Wet wood still burns. Wet wood still burns. And a reminder who your daddy is. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't need my family's money. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I, I don't need their money when they're dead. Oh, it's nice. But see, what I don't need is I, I don't need it. Because when you know who your heavenly father is, see, our church is blessed because we know. We know. We know who he is. There's no question who he is. There's no question. I am blessed because I know who he is. Hallelujah. Do you know who he is? And will you let him call you away today from the drought to show you who he is? So that when he chooses you to serve as the reminder, you got the audacity to pour water on what he wants to set on fire. I mean... Whoo, Jesus. Tell me God ain't up to something. I'm going to share this story with you to prove that God's up to something. A few weeks ago, I said, God wants to use us to set a city on fire. Then I got a message from a man that lives outside of the area a little ways. And he said, I heard you got, you acquired more property, church buildings. And I said, yes. He said, what are you doing with that? I told him briefly. Type back, if you're not careful. Now watch, what I didn't tell you is he is Catholic. Travels in and goes to St. John's. Just down a few blocks away. He said, I watch you on TV. He said, because... There's something about listening to you, you inspire me. He said, I used to be free Methodist. But then I went to the Catholic Church because I was looking for something that I wasn't finding. He said, but I watch you 
This is what he says, his next statement after I told him what we were doing. He said, if you're not careful, you'll set Uniontown on fire. He didn't even know what I was preaching. What I really believe is what God wants you and I to be willing to do is pour some water on it. So I said, he said, well, whatever it is you're going to do, he said, you're going to keep buying, aren't you? I said, as much as we can. We're going to gobble it up. Give it away. Do whatever we can. We're going to start blessing people. He said, you need to do a, a, a work day, revitalization day. Let, let's just clean up your whole end of town. He said, I want to be a part of it. He said, I'll come paint, plant flowers, do whatever. I pick up garbage. He said, whatever it is. He said, let me help you get businesses involved. He's Catholic, y'all. You know, they don't. My point is God is up to something. God wants you to be someone who will just pour water on it. I dare you today, when you, when you water your flowers, ladies, when you go home, Sister Robin, you water those flowers, you spend all that time planting and putting in, I saw those photos. What you need to understand is you're just pouring water on it. You think you're watering flowers. No, you're pouring water on your house. Uh-huh. See, you, 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 that's what you thought you were doing. You thought you were just going to allow them to grow so they don't die in this heat. No, no. You're pouring water on it. It's an act of faith. When you go home to water that garden, Lois, you're pouring water on your home. Because there's a fire that's going to come. And that it'll consume everything, even the water in the trenches. Are you hearing me? There's a fire that's coming. I said, there's a fire that's coming. And it won't just consume you and the offering and the wood and the rock but it's going to lick up the water but what God needs is someone that will go away and dare to pour some water on the very things that we're asking him and believing that he's going to set on fire oh hallelujah hallelujah can I just pray over you today I, I, let's seal this today with a word that believing that he is that prophetically I, I, I challenge you when you go home you got to pour water on your wallet. I'm not even lying. I've done crazy stuff. There's been times I've had us, we put, came and we brought our pocketbooks and our wallets and we put them in this offering bucket. Only then watch God bless and abundantly. If you got to pour water on it, if you got to go home and link arms with your spouse and pour water over your hands. Because you're going to believe that he's got enough to set it on fire anyway. See, this word isn't for everybody. It's for the he that hath an ear and the spirit to hear. There's some deep things to this word. So, Father, I pray over every person who had an ear to hear today that wet wood still burns that God, we may feel like we've been in a drought or under water or taken on water on my boat. It may feel like, God, I'm losing control of everything within the realm and reach of my life. 
but wet wood still burns. Father, I pray that you would awaken the church to your word today, that they're to serve as a reminder to others of what they're supposed to look like. God, let us be a reminder to our neighbors and our church families and our friends of what we're supposed to look like. God, I, I pray today that we pour water on, on who we are and all that we are in our church and even this community, God, that we believe in you so much that we just want to be saturated in what the devil meant for evil, that God, you will turn it for good, that God, even you allow evil to work for your good. And so, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, I declare and I decree over every life and every marriage and every family and every household in every city that's represented in this house, in every nation that's represented watching online, we declare and we decree that wet wood still burns. We declare and we decree over our finances and our marriage and our families and our homes that even wet wood still burns. We pray and we decree and we declare that, Lord, we are seated in heavenly places above principalities and powers. Oh, the devil made us think that our seat was in jeopardy, but God, you reminded us today that we're, I'm seated. Uh-huh. I, I, I'm still seated. I still got my chair. I, I still got my seat. I, I didn't lose it. I was taking on some water for a moment, but but God, I, I, I started feeling like I was drowning for a little while, but God, I started feeling like I was going to have to give up and walk away, but God, because my God is a God that causes wet wood to still burn. And so I pray and I thank you, Lord, today that you are that God that although I felt like I was soggy and drowning, even though Oh God, if I felt like I was in the midst of a drought, that Lord, you will cause my wet wood to still burn. So Father, I decree and declare that today be truly the day of harvest and revelation in the lives of your people. Let it begin today. Lord, let your fire fall. Let your fire fall as we said earlier, as we sang earlier. I want to be changed by your fire. Let it burn down deep in my soul. Father, today as we give and God, as people remain faithful in their giving. Oh. God, prices of everything going up around us, but wet wood still burns. Lord, let us give with the, uh, with the audacity and dare in the devil in his face. You don't know who daddy is. You do not know who my provider is. Hmm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I pray and I break the spirit of intimidation over money in the name of Jesus. That we're going to pull our wallets and our cards out with pride. Because we know who our Father is. We know that we're an inheritor of the Most High God. And that whatever he has, I have access to. And so, Father, when we pay, we're going to pay trusting and believing God that we're just inheriting even more. So, Father, I thank you today that you're opening the windows of heaven, that you are blessing and you are multiplying. That I pray that the inheritance of heaven be released upon your church in the name of Jesus, because this is the beginning of harvest and revelation today in the name of Jesus. Now, Father, bless your people. Bless them. 
let them walk this out in the name of Jesus and we give you glory and we give you honor and Lord we give you praise right now because wet wood still burns in Jesus name amen amen God bless you all would you tell somebody before you leave today and as you give your offering a tithe that wet wood still burns glory to God